Saint Bede, that great historian and biblical scholar in the what ninth century in England, says this. Just as a woman is glad when a human being has been born into the world, so the church is filled with fitting exultation when a multitude of the faithful are born into the life to come. The church labors and groans greatly at the present time over their birth, and it sorrows like a woman in travail. It should not seem odd to anyone that a person's departure from this life is said to be his birth just as it is customary to say that a person is born when he comes forth from his mother's womb and emerges into the light here on earth, so also can someone be perfectly appropriately referred to as born when he is released from the bonds of the flesh and raised up to eternal life and light. Hence, Church practice has been that the day on which the blessed martyrs or confessors of Christ departed from the world, we call their birthday. And their solemn festival is not spoken of as their funeral, but as their birthday. No, I am not trying to encourage us to look look for and seek out martyrdom. I am suggesting that the hope of the resurrection is our cause for joy eternal. And in the present context, that the same hope ought to be for us here and now, the cause for joy in the same here and now. Our gospel lesson goes back to a conversation that Christ has with his disciples just before his crucifixion, where he says a woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. The joy that is being spoken of is the joy of the resurrection. We rejoice because Christ has been vindicated. He is indeed just who he said he is. He is the Messiah. He is the one, the one born to save the world, the entire creation, in fact, from the death and destruction of sin. And this joy is a joy no one will take from you, says Jesus. So the question for you and me today is, do you have that joy? Do we live that joy? Now, of course, because of sin, no one of us will always live that joy. No one of us, every day of our life, always lives that joy. The joy of the resurrection and what it means for us ought, however, to be a consistent tone of our lives. Not a constant without sin permanent joy, but a consistent attitude or quality of life that comes across to other people. Yes, we will sin. But we will rejoice in the meaning of the resurrection when we hear the words of the absolution. If this joy is not the consistent tone of your life, please ask yourself, 
why this is the case. Why am I not consistently joyful? Because Christ has died for my sins, rose again to life to vindicate who he was and is, and therefore in his vindication, we are vindicated. Why am I not joyful generally? All the turmoil and vicissitudes of life cannot, if we choose to live in the power of our resurrected Lord, given us in his Holy Spirit, they cannot take away this joy from our lives. The examples of Christ's saints who have shown us this reality are countless. Perhaps reading hagiographies, the biographies of the saints, on a weekly basis would help us to remember the possibility of living a joyful life. These saintly examples don't make living a life of joy in the midst of troubles and difficulties easy for us, but they do point to the real ability that we have in the Spirit to live such a life. We are in the Easter season. Now is the time to practice the joy that it may remain with us throughout the year. We are called by St. Paul in his letters to the Philippians to press on to Jesus. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is our calling. This is the spiritual reality that we are to live in. To be with Jesus is to be joyful. Bede notes that the disciples were sorrowful when their Lord was put to death. But when they acknowledged his resurrection, their sorrow was changed to joy. And when they saw the mighty power of his ascension, they were raised up to an even higher level of joy, praising and blessing God. Again, I repeat, is this the description? Is this description a description of your life? Are we particularly now reveling in the resurrection and experiencing the joy of the Lord? We must continually press on to Jesus, for he is the source of our joy. He has given us the gift of the Spirit so that we have the power of that joy in us at all times. The choices we make each and every day will determine if we follow the route of that joy or the route of sorrow and sin. St. Cyprian says that to see Christ is to rejoice, and we cannot have joy unless we see him. What blindness of mind or what foolishness is it to love the world's afflictions and punishments and tears and not rather to rush to the joy that can be never taken away? So are we rushing to the joy this morning? Yes, of course, we are in the divine liturgy, but are our hearts on the trip with us? Are we here and here, not just here and here, participating in the liturgy? My friends, we are to see Christ in a little while, 
right here within this liturgy. We will behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. We will touch and taste and be filled with the presence of Christ. And unless we push it away with the joy of the resurrection. So, may we reach forward this morning, forgetting the mistakes, the errors, the sins behind us, as we confess them and receive absolution because we confess Christ. And may we press toward the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus in this liturgy this morning, beholding Christ and partaking of Christ and allowing his presence to fill us with joy. Amen.